0: This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. So Bitcoin is big in the news. It's hitting new highs. It's being adopted by... uh, Tesla. We're we're looking at ETFs coming out, uh, so that looks like to, it very much looks like Bitcoin is here to stay. And Bitcoin is a little different from other cryptocurrencies because all it is is a token that you can trade. That's all it is. Unlike Ethereum and some of the others, where they're more like a share of stock, where they actually have multiple uses besides a simple token. So what we're going to do here is we're going to discuss how to account for Bitcoin and the taxation of Bitcoin uh, because more and more of us have clients. I think most of us have at least a few clients. And I think most of us are going to have most of our clients owning Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. The IRS has issued several um, uh, informational pieces on uh, bitcoin and they specifically talk about bitcoin but they talk about it in in terms of cryptocurrency Uh, Janet Yellen our treasury secretary has talked about cryptocurrency she's even talked about a cryptocurrency or a digital currency for the U.S. dollar which would be different from bitcoin and and we know that the IRS has uh, addressed this on the tax return so let's start with kind of a big picture of what is Bitcoin from an IRS standpoint what do we and then let's look at what do we have to do from an accounting standpoint from a taxation standpoint are there any opportunities with Bitcoin that we can share with our clients so the very first thing to understand is that the IRS considers Bitcoin to be property now it distinguishes it from currency so it's not a currency uh, the IRS says that for a currency to be a currency, it has to be adopted by a government. Now, there are some cryptocurrencies that are being adopted by governments. The question is, will some governments adopt Bitcoin as their as their currency? Which we expect, perhaps some countries in Africa, some countries in South America, and Asia might adopt Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency. As their as their national currency okay um, Africa of course has issues with their currency and the stability of it and a lot of them use the US dollar as their primary currency so the question is will they then switch it's easier of course to use Bitcoin because you don't have to have the paper transactions and the banking transactions so Bitcoin might be easier for them it is property so it's not currency it's property it's a little i mean the question is is it securities we don't really know what the irs has come out with is they said really what it is is it's a commodity so we think of a commodity like um, uh uh, pork bellies right that's commodity orange juice is a commodity um gold and silver are treated as commodities now it's a little different from gold and silver and we're going to get to the differences between Bitcoin and gold and silver and how they're taxed in just a minute because it's property if it's held for investment it's going to be taxed at capital gains rates well what does that mean well it means that if it's held less than a year a year uh, uh, under a year then it's going to be taxed at the the short term capital gains rates And if it's held for more than a year, it's going to be taxed at long-term capital gains rates. Well, this is one place where it differs from gold and from gold. Gold is taxed at a flat 28% long-term capital gains as opposed to the standard 0, 15, 20% brackets of regular capital gains. Presumably, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies will be taxed at normal capital gains rates, not a special capital gains rate like gold. Now, that could change. Right now, um, by all accounts, it looks like it'll just be standard capital gains rates, unless you're a dealer. Um, And a dealer is very much like a dealer in securities, um, according to the IRS. So a dealer in securities, remember, has an inventory and they have customers. And so you're not a dealer just because you do a lot of trading, right? You have to have customers and you have to have inventory. So for dealers, It's ordinary income, and you have inventory considerations. Now, that actually provides an interesting question, an opportunity. If you have a client that is a dealer in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency, does that mean that they fall under the inventory rules for cash basis taxpayers where technically they could deduct their inventory when they buy it? That is a really interesting question and I think it may actually convince some people who invest in Bitcoin and do a lot of trading to become a dealer because dealer status actually has some preferential treatment. If you are going to uh, transact Bitcoin transactions on a daily basis, then dealer status may be preferable um, because while on the one hand, dealer status would presumably make this a business and subject to social security taxes, Again, we operate in a C-Corp or an S-Corp. We're not going to have those issues, but we also have the inventory uh, benefits and the cash method of accounting benefits, um, presumably if you're under $25 million. So that's a very interesting aspect of the taxation and accounting for Bitcoin. Now, I think the most interesting part of accounting for Bitcoin is, let's say um, there's a lot of talk about credit cards coming out for bitcoin so right now credit cards typically are settled in dollars or whatever currency you're using there are credit cards coming out Visa's even looking at this I understand where the credit card would be settled in Bitcoin much like Elon Musk said that you can buy a Tesla with Bitcoin well what happens when you buy a Tesla with Bitcoin let's say that you buy a $40,000 Tesla with Bitcoin Okay, so let's say the price of Bitcoin, let's do a little math here. Okay, so let's say we use, let's say we buy a Tesla and we pay $60,000, the equivalent of $60,000. What we really do is we pay one, one Bitcoin for the Tesla, right? We exchange one Bitcoin for the Tesla. Okay, now, What does that mean? Well, let's say that we paid $4,000. Not that long ago, the Bitcoin was at $4,000. Let's say you bought it at its low and you paid $4,000. Well, that means that now you have a gain of $56,000 when you buy your Tesla you have a gain of $56,000 when you buy your Tesla because you've now had you have a basis of $4,000 it's you you got $60,000 of value because that was the value of the Tesla that's the purchase price of the Tesla and what so now you have a $56,000 gain and it's either ordinary or long-term, depending on, well, if you bought it at 4000 that's long-term, um, depending on the value, uh, the, the price you paid for the Bitcoin. Because this right here, that $4,000 is your basis in the Bitcoin. So the challenge, of course, is, is that every single transaction that you use, where you use your Bitcoin, is going to be taxable so that means there's a lot of tracking now hopefully visa will do a really good job of tracking it but you have to track your basis so uh, if you if you remember back to the early it's not that early I mean 25 years ago when we saw started seeing day traders stock day traders I remember very well having to account for every transaction and actually having to compute Basis gain or loss on every single stock transaction and sometimes there's you know, you might have 3,000 transactions in a year for a single individual client. Well, I, I remember very clearly one client and uh, We charged him we had charged him a whole lot of money for his tax return because it took so long just to account for the transactions well, hopefully Um, Should Visa come out with, uh, you know, we've got more facilitation of transactions in Bitcoin. What we'll see is is we'll actually see better tracking. Like we have now with stocks, obviously, brokerage statements, really easy to import those, really easy to track those on a tax return. Now, I mean, instead of spending, you know, 20 hours tracking it, we spend, you know, 30 minutes uh, putting it on the tax return or even three minutes sometimes put on the tax return. So... Hopefully, that'll be the case, but just remember that you must track that. Now, when it, talking about tax returns, one very important aspect is that we there is a question. You all know this. There's a question on the tax return that says, did you, I'm not quoting exactly. It's basically, did you transact business in Bitcoin um, or cryptocurrency? What it says is, did you buy or sell? What the IRS has indicated is if all you did was buy it, you're not, you don't have to answer that question. Now, that's what they say. That's not how the question's worded. Okay. The reason this is so important is because if you do not answer that question and you did transact in cryptocurrency, that's a felony. So that's not a civil penalty. That's a go to prison penalty. Um, So very important to answer that question appropriately, and that's why there's been so much consternation about what is really the rule here is that if you just bought it, do you really have to report that? Um, I will tell you we're erring on the favor of reporting it. just because it's it's a box you mark. Yes, you're now under the radar, right? Uh, Now you're sorry. Now you're on their radar, not under the radar. You're on the IRS's radar for cryptocurrency transactions. But the reality is, if you're reporting it properly, who cares, right? There's been a lot of discussion, of course, that Bitcoin is a way outside of the banking system and outside of the government. That is patently false, in my mind. And the reason is, is because... (laughs) It's not that hard to track who's buying and selling cryptocurrency and the federal government and the state governments are very intent on making sure that this doesn't go untaxed. So you will see more and more regulations uh, discussing how to deal with Bitcoin, how to deal with cryptocurrencies, and you're going to see more and more tracking of it. That is for sure. That's something we know for sure. Plus, If you're not using it within the Bitcoin system let's say for example you're uh, using it um, let's say let's say you're you have to convert it to US dollars in order to buy something well that transactions easily trackable let's say you've got a credit card well we already have the 1099 that track credit card transactions so that's easily trackable Um, so this idea that we're outside you know your rebels and we're outside the government um oversight is i i think misguided uh what we do have though is we do bypass the banking system which makes it faster if we can if they come up with a way to make it faster like a visa credit card uh like a credit card so i think the most important thing to remember is that is tracking it now let's talk about one other difference with gold um Gold can, if it's a gold coin, numismatic gold coin, that's a collectible, right? Gold bullion is not. Well, a collectible, we can't have that in an IRA. We can have bullion in an IRA, but not a collectible. What about Bitcoin? I have not been able to find anything that suggests that we can't have Bitcoin in an IRA or in a Roth IRA or a pension plan or private sharing plan or anything else. So um, that might be a good solution for those who are trading uh, rather than recognize the short-term gain um, that they trade within a 401k IRA, um, SEP, something like that, so that um, they're at least not paying tax now, paying tax down the road, or better yet in a Roth where they're not paying tax at all. So those are some options that, you know, people who are serious about Bitcoin I really look at it very similar to uh, stock trading. It doesn't have the same rules exactly because we've not been considered share. So then, you know, there's a the question if you do option trading on Bitcoin, do you fall under the, the um, uh, straddle rules like you do if you're trading stocks? Not sure about that. So those are some things to be looking at down the road. Is and looking for more guidance from the IRS as to how this is traded. Now, it also, I think, as I mentioned earlier, it's important to distinguish between Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Even though the IRS currently doesn't distinguish, they do use the term Bitcoin in their guidance. Well, like I said, Bitcoin is different because Bitcoin is only a token and it has a limited, and there are a limited number of tokens, right? So it's, just a token. That's the only thing it can be used for. Ethereum and most other cryptocurrencies are really blockchain technology that you just are buying into the company. You're really just buying shares of the company. So um, while it's technically treated the same for um, tax purposes right now, I expect we will see a shift in that. And we will sh- see a shift that those cryptocurrencies that are more their companies see bitcoin's not even a company right there's nobody who owns the bitcoin company um there obviously was a creator of bitcoin but you know he doesn't even identify himself really so we have whereas ethereum we know the creators it's it shares they're doing stuff with it and they're constantly improving it and using it for different uses so it acts more like a share of stock than it does a currency and then of course so um so that means that we may find down the road that bitcoin has one set of rules and ethereum is really lumped into the um uh securities uh arena where bitcoin would be more in the commodities arena and ethereum in the currency arena right now the irs doesn't distinguish So we'll see what happens coming down the road on that. I do think, though, that it's very important that we recognize that this is a big deal. Oh, let me mention one more thing before I forget. Mining. So anytime there's a Bitcoin transaction, um, in other words, anytime you use a Bitcoin for like buying your Tesla, um, you have to pay a mining fee, right? Because they have to basically um all of the the, what the miners do is they make sure that the transaction is accurate right that's the blockchain technology well miners are basically in business all right so if you're in business that means that the income is either passive or active so while we don't have specific guidance on this um it would logic we'd be able to logically conclude that if we are mining, we're in a trader business. If that income, if we're making income, which most miners are doing actually quite well, but if you're making positive income and you're not actively involved, seems to me like that should be passive income, which could be offset by passive losses, such as syndicated real estate, um, limited partnership transaction. So, this may be an opportunity. Where you get into mining, this might be a business that could be a pig, right? Because one of the things that we're always looking at, if, if we have a passive activity loss, what we really want is we want a, a, a pig, so we say pigs are our pals, and Bitcoin mining might be that opportunity. Uh, if you happen to be a dealer, which I think there are many fewer dealers than there are miners, um, then you probably would have that, uh, You, I think potentially have that argument as well. Um, but definitely mining, uh, in my mind, mining ought to be passive. And if mining is passive... That's a, I, to me, that's a great thing um, for those of you who have clients. And I, I have a client who's a miner. And, uh, but he doesn't spend any time at it. He just invests. So he's a passive, he's, he's, he's passive in it. And um, certainly doesn't spend 100 hours on it a year. So he's clearly passive. My expectation is that's a passive income generator. That's a pig. And uh, with that, um, once again, remembering that, uh, when when we're going to be real real advisors to our clients we have to understand some of the ins and outs and the general concepts of these new technologies i remember very well when the internet first came out in the um basically the 80s but the 90s and uh, i was new in practice um 1995 96 was uh my first couple of years with uh, my own cpa firm after working for the big companies And I remember somebody coming to me and said, uh, so, you know, I do a lot of e-commerce and so forth. He said, do you have a website? I said, nope. He goes, I'm not interested. I need somebody who at least understands that much. So as Bitcoin and cryptocurrency become a much bigger part of the world, which they appear by all rights to be, the big banks are embracing Bitcoin, Um, big companies like Tesla are embracing Bitcoin. Um, The U.S. Treasury and other uh, governments are embracing digital technology, and we certainly expect that there are going to be entire countries that embrace Bitcoin as their reserve, as their basically their reserve currency, their primary currency, and or other other digital or cryptocurrencies as their reserve currency. So um, it's a very it's very interesting critical that we understand if we're going to truly have better clients, uh, we need to understand where they're going and where they're moving. Uh, that'll allow us to have a better practice. And of course, when we have a better practice, we always have a better life. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility Ability for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.